Welcome to Brand Story Inc. I'm your host, Jay Sharman. Every week we sit down with smart folks to talk about innovative ways they are creating content to connect with their audiences. I'd like to say every company can be a media company, and this conversation hopefully helps you understand why. Joining us today is Mike Rucker. Mike Rucker created and leads the NBC News brand studio. Prior to his role here, he headed up the brand content team at Time Inc. He was the vice president of integrated marketing at Time Magazine, and he was the head of marketing at Time Out New York Magazine. And he's also a former journalist. Mike Rucker, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. I'm happy to be here. Well, let's jump right in. I mean, I think uh, NBC News Content Studio includes some pretty recognizable names. You've got NBC News, The Today Show, CNBC, MSNBC. Explain to our listeners the X and O's for us. How does it work? What's the staff comprised of? And how does this fit into the gigantic NBC Universal behemoth overall? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, it's funny. Um, we're people who, you know, work with us and you know and meet us are always astounded by how small the team is mm-hmm. um they we have um an editorial director and three people on our editorial team and you know an associate managing editor and an associate editor and an editorial assistant that pretty much are responsible for everything pre-sale to execution to post-sale um so they're you know Anything that's non-video related, they're uh, they're really overseeing from from soup to nuts, and um, <clears throat> they're you know responding to anywhere from six, eight, ten RFPs a week, while also running anywhere from you know twenty to thirty content programs at a time. Wow. So there's there's the three of them, and then we have uh, an executive producer for video and um, a, a video production coordinator. Uh, and then we have an audience development person, which is crucial to the success of any brand content studio. Um, and we have a, a creative designer and a project manager, and that is it. And uh, you know, it's um, we could stand to be—I think we could stand to be double the size. Right. But uh, you know, given given the fact that we're so small, um, we we actually do turn out a lot of a lot of content. Um, you know, I have a, as you mentioned, a journalism background and I've worked in news for a long time, um, at time magazine and then, you know, at time Inc as well. And I actually like the brand content space in news because it, it kind of satisfies both the, the journalistic creative side of, uh, my personality and also the marketing and strategy side. And um, so it was important to me when, when building the team out at NBC that we create we hired uh, people who with journalism background. Mm-hmm. So our editorial director was the editorial director at Time Out when I was there. She also had a you know a long career at Condé Nast. Um, our head of video is was an editorial producer at Time Inc. He produced he worked on the studio that basically produced video content for all of the Time Inc. brands. So people. You know, Sports Illustrated, Time, Fortune, Money, yep. In Style, like that. You know, um, and then we've got uh, you know other people on the team who have journalistic backgrounds as well. Because one of the things that sets us apart at NBC, as opposed to you know similar teams that work for our lifestyle group, our prime, our primetime group, um, is that we are are not able to uh, leverage any news IP. So we can't have, um, you know, 
Lester Holt, you know, being branded content or, you know, the guys from CNBC. So, so we really do have to strive always to create content that, um, that is as useful to the respective audiences as, uh, the editorial content. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we, we want to be as informative, engaging, um, entertaining, whatever, whatever the, the, the rationale or for that somebody might have for engaging with NBC news editorial content, we need to fulfill that same function, uh, from a branded content perspective. Well, you, you touched on something, you know, I think on brand story Inc, you're the first, uh, true branded content studio for news that we've had. So, and I, I wanted to dive into that. You touched on it with the Lester Holt and not being allowed to kind of have him cross from editorial into the branded content side content studios within media organizations in general are relatively new, right? In terms of, I'd say the last 10 years, you know, some of the front yeah. runners 15 years out, but yet the world's really changed drastically, particularly in the news category, right? She'll share how creating yeah. content within and around NBC news properties has evolved in your time there, especially in light of how polarized our country has become around the subject of news in and of itself. Yeah. Well, that, <clears throat> That um, that situation of you know the calling to question the credibility of news organizations obviously has a big impact on us and as as the NBC news organization in you know in particular um, takes those accusations very you know very seriously and so you know we have the the news organization the NBC news organization has a very you know, strict church line, uh, division, mm -hmm. uh, sorry, church state division. Um, and they always have had that they're even more, you know, uh, aware of it now. So it goes back to, I think the utility, you know, the content. So, you know, there's branded content teams at NBC that work on Bravo, you know, they mm -hmm. work on top chef, they work on real housewives. It's a much different, it's not that you know, one is better than the other or one is more important than the other or one is, you know, harder to do than the other because they, they, they serve their purposes. The purpose is to live natively within the content that, you know, the consumers are engaging. So, but uh, for, for the news division, it's all about utility. So, you know, we have, we're creating content. I'd say half of what we do runs linearly runs on television and the other half is digital only mm -hmm. everything runs digitally even if it runs you know on on television as well um but we we support you know i, I always talk in terms of websites usually so it's cnbc.com today.com those are our two biggest nbcnews.com and msnbc.com and so you know one of the things that we've done you know we've been around now for we're in our fourth year and we've done an exercise twice where we've we have <clears throat> analyzed the performance of all of the content produced on each of the individual sites and applied it to uh, content moments um, that we've identified um, that really help us understand what types, what formats of content uh, people are responding to on the individual sites and what, uh, why they're reading the content. And, we, and it's, it's been very consistent in the two times that we've done it. Um, we learned that, for instance, the Today audience responds to content that helps them feel like part of the community. Mm -hmm. um, they, you know, so, and that, that, can, that can be a community of 
community of parents, a community of foodies, a community of wine lovers. Um, it doesn't matter the community, but they like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it, whereas the and so they like articles that maybe are a little bit longer, but help them, you know, give them tips, give them advice, help them navigate their world through the lens of their communities. Um, for CNBC, we learned that um, they, the audiences there want very, they want actionable insights. They don't necessarily like long content. However, if a, a story is super relevant to them, they'll read a six-page article. Um, so knowing your audience, in the news group, I think it's crucial because your content's not going to perform if you don't. Uh, but um, really, it comes down in terms of creating content for the user to know what they want, what will engage them, and how to provide utility to them. Uh, and the utility might just be making them laugh. Yeah. You know, that might be all they're coming to the day for it for some, you know, mommy humor or something. Mm-hmm. So. Um, so that's where, where we really lean into the insights in order to help us create co- the content with the same utility that the news content will provide. Well, I think you touched on a really important point there, Mike, and that is the fact, especially at a large media brand like NBC Universal, where you have more logos, right, of the different companies that you own or your platforms than, you know, smaller guys dream of that kind of scale. But yet at the end of the day, I think a common mistake can be people think, oh, I'm going to do this vignette series and just throw it up across these different platforms and understanding the nuance right. of the Today Show community versus CNBC and how different they are. It's not about scale, right? It's about each one of those properties has a, a significant scale, don't get me wrong, but it's about how to play and connect and engage in each of those platforms, right? Exactly. It's it's interesting it's, point. Well, you know, it's interesting. Yeah, it's interesting too because you're, you know, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly, and there, but yet there's an and yet, which is, um, you know, a lot of agencies and clients, they just think, I want CNBC. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I just want CNBC. I know I want to reach C-suite or I want to reach HR professionals or whatever that might be. Um, and, you know, one of the points we make is that the, 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 C, the, the CEO of the company may be on CNBC in the morning checking his stocks or whatever, but he may be over on NBC Golf or NBC Sports in the afternoon. Yep. Um, and so the ability to target those users across our portfolio, especially, and others, but especially across ours, or, you know, clients may be looking for moms of kids, you know, uh, between the ages of 12 and 20 or whatever. And, you know, again, that mom, that mom might be on today in the morning, but then she might be checking out the Kardashians in the afternoon on e.com. And so our ability to find those people, because the people respond to content the same across the audience, across, you know, they'll, yeah. The stories, if the stories are appealing or whatever, so it it's, it is really understanding the the consumer behaviors and habits of an individual site. But what I do love about working for a for you know a huge media company like this is I can say you're going to get X number of people directly on CNBC, but then we can find more of those people on sports yeah. on yeah. you know the other channels. Well, as as a guy who runs a smaller agency relative content. Uh, studio relative to NBC for sure. Uh, I got to tell you, I have some envy. I've, I've had the pleasure of doing 
joint pitches with some of uh, your former car- colleagues, one of our guests, Jordan Hyman. I remember being in there. And my, yeah. fav- my favorite slide is like the, and here's our platforms of NBC. <laughs> it's like, yeah. it's like 75 like household brand names. It's a little it's like, overwhelming. It's yeah. like, go ahead, try to tell me agency or brand VP of marketing. Go ahead and try to tell me that an audience that you want isn't on this list. I challenge yeah. you, you know. It, it's it's funny. Fun. I went from I went from Time Out, which, you know, is a right. New York based magazine and yeah. we, I loved it there. And then um when I went to Time Inc, I just could not get over the fact that we had a slide that said that we we reached um fifty percent. One in two Americans mm-hmm. were reached by Time Inc. And I thought, oh my God, that is unbelievable. That mm-hmm. is incredible. And it is incredible. I'm not I'm not saying anything to take away from that. That's a hugely impressive fact. Right. But then when I came to NBC and it was 98% of Americans, <laughs> I was like, holy crap. Like, that is really unbelievable. Well, I love the, I love the pitches when that, you know, they talk about how many, you know, monthly people they reach in terms of their video. And it's greater than the size of the global population. You know, it's like, wait a second, <laughs> that's impossible. You can't have 13 yeah. billion video discrete video views all right so let's talk uh some of the work you've done really impressive if you want to check it out and you're listening and you're at a computer on your phone and you're able to do so you can go to nbcnewsworthy.com they do a great job of uh, flexing the work that i'm sure you're proud of and you know you've you've explained how you leverage um some you actually do leverage NBC talent, just not some of the news talent. You've you've explained how you leverage the distribution platforms and checks a lot of boxes, but it really comes down to still the right content solution for the brand uh, in a time when, you know, let's just say politely, uh, people are pretty cynical about uh, content consumption these days, right? Or we'll say positively, they're, they're astute, right? You can't sell to people, yeah. right? You need to really right. do something yeah. that engages them. Pull the curtain back on an example uh, where you think you've done this particularly well. I, I'm going to pull something from literally right from the today's headlines, which is, um, you know, we had a lot of response uh, from clients. It's interesting. NBC, like many media companies as a whole, has taken a hint, uh, taken a hit as production mm-hmm. has shut down during COVID and the economy uh, has kind of been acting strangely, but for the CNBC audience and the CNBC advertising portfolio, um, it's actually a great opportunity. So we've been super busy uh, with some clients uh, that are that are uh, working to help the CNBC consumers who work at businesses large and small to navigate the current you know, mm-hmm. economic and health climate. And so we just completed a program with, with EY, with Ernst & Young, mm-hmm. and it was so amazing. They came to us and they recognized that a lot of companies were going to be adrift and we needed, you know, they, it was an opportunity for them to really um, make a, make an impact and make a difference for, for companies. So we ended up producing uh, over the course of, I think it was 30 days, um, daily videos featuring C-suite executives and, and, and um, subject matter experts from EY along with the business heads of some of their clients. 
organization and having really frank talks with them about, um, you know, what's going on, what do businesses need, uh, how can you prepare, how can you adapt, how, what should you be thinking about. The program is called Business Interrupted, mm-hmm. and and it could not have been more timely. And as a news organization, that's exactly what you want. Uh, so we have... Um, you know, this now a portfolio of 30 videos that have, you know, definitely have legs because the, the, the crisis continues um, with and we had to do it all remotely. We literally had to learn how to shoot people, you know, just like the news itself did. And every other everybody did had to how to do Zoom interviews and and, you know, Skype and and get it all together. So not only did we turn a program around in record time for us, but we did it in a completely new fashion and were able to provide real value to the CNBC audience. And, um, and AY was over the moon. And, you know, I think we're going to continue doing stuff with them for this, for this program, probably not on a daily basis, but um, I think it, it's got, a, it's got long legs. So well, that was super exciting. I want to stay there for a second because it's one of the questions I wanted to get to anyway, about how COVID has affected NBC news brand studio from a workflow perspective and, yeah. And some of the things and, and, and I've had this conversation quite a bit. And so admittedly, I may be leading I'm leading the witness here because I've talked to other major media companies about just this, you know, Zoom style content consumption. And it feels like it's really been a tipping point for digital media. Right. Where let's face it, I'm a, I'm a even though I'm the owner and CEO of a content agency, I'm a content guy at heart, and we tend to be snobs when it comes to production aesthetic, right? The lighting, the aesthetic, yeah. the composition. And when you're not able to go out and shoot and you have to rely on, you know, doing things uh, remotely or virtually, I feel like it's completely changed um, how you define quality content. And so I'm curious how you think going through your EY example has changed your mindset and how you approach um, content creation in kind of the world that we're now in. Yeah, yeah. It's funny. I'm, I'm of two minds. I'll give you another quick example so that I can compare and contrast them as an answer to your question. So another of the programs that I'm, you know, one of the most proud of is a program for J.B. Morgan Asset Management we've, we've done. We're in our second year. Um, it was. The, it's the very first time we've ever used linear commercial time for a branded content series. We created a show called Solve It. Mm-hmm. It has a host, it has a set, it has graphics packages, um, and every week different J.P. Morgan Asset Management global advisors or strategists came on and talked about that week's uh, you know, market conditions and what to look out for. Mm-hmm. We shot it on Mondays and it, and it aired on Wednesdays. It was super timely. And we shot it in the NASDAQ studio, the same studio that CNBC shoots. Um, and so it, exactly to your point, it was super high scale, you know, I mean, we had a beautiful set, uh, that we brought in every week and, you know, a host with all these wardrobe options and hair and makeup and like everything. Um, and so when COVID hit JP Morgan was, uh, you know, and I'm, I'm not giving away any trade secrets here, but they were, they wondered like, how will this, you know, how, how can we do this? We've, we've established this thing. And I think what helped was the fact that literally everybody was in the same boat, whether it was news or Seth Meyers or, mm-hmm. you know, Stephen Colbert or anybody like you were all shooting from, you know, self studios. And so it took JP Morgan a little bit longer. They didn't, they, they want, they had, you know, their own internal conversations about what to do and, 
whatever. But ultimately, we changed over as well for them and did the Zoom style. And of course, my feeling and the feeling of everybody on my team was, you want to be timely. Like this is, we are new. We're a new. We're part of a news organization, so you don't want to miss out on everything that's happening. That said, I do think there will come a time when you know the the immediate concerns have lessened and we're starting to shoot in studios and things again and i think that there'll always be a uh, you know a place for that and a desire for that on some level so i really think it's going to come down but i do say you know i can i can literally flip flop to you for an hour on this and i won't but the way people consume media now on their phones on their yeah. tablets wherever they are the, the the quality can be a little bit less because they're used to watching social videos Agreed. and things like that. Agreed. So yeah, I mean, so, I, yeah. So I, I think I think you know those conversations at companies like yours. I've had this conversation even in our shop. It's like okay, well, really? Why? So if you're this, I can see the CFO conversation. So explain to me. We've done pretty well. The content's done well. The client's happy. Why do we need to be investing in studio equipment right now? Right? It's like you could see yeah, that. Right. I, I totally see a cost compression coming down in the content creation world. I mean, it happens all the time, anyways, as technology and equipment evolves yeah. and whatnot. But uh, it, I, I tend to think it really focuses to your point more. Like right now, I saw today on uh, you know there was a recent one you guys had on. JP Morgan where it's talking about how gold is surging, right? Like it's it's about yeah. the quality of the information as opposed to the quality of the video. Exactly. It looks great, by the way. It looks considering it, oh, you know, you. Done, especially <laughs> yeah. considering the circumstances you have, right? You know, yeah. I actually think it even adds some more character when you get to see people in their own environment. There's an element of like this subconscious personalization, like, oh, there's that dude's pretty cool looking family room, you know, as opposed to the same backdrop. But I I think it puts more emphasis on the quality of the content of the information or the value proposition of what you're giving than the, how it makes you look and feel. Yeah, I agree. I will say, I do think that there might come a time when there is people experience a fatigue of seeing Mm -hmm. two heads talking Mm -hmm. on a zoom screen. So (laughs) you got to factor that in as well. And what's interesting, you know, not to not to sidetrack too much but you know one of the great things about working for a new you know even for in a brand studio for a new team is how how much i've learned since i've been here um but you know we're doing another program for um actually no it was for it was for the ey program um you know they're they're talking about the the um the things that uh that that a pandemic that is that a, a crisis like this uh, happen that that happens as a result, and one of them is called the accelerated adoption of technology. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's happening as you mentioned in video production. And you know, I mean, we've, we're we're adopting all this new technology. It happened on our corporate level in terms of you know we all had had Microsoft Teams for you know probably six months or longer, and nobody was really using it. And now, literally, we can't live without it. But even beyond media. Just, you know, my dad asked me how to use Apple Pay. Like, my dad would never have asked me before. And, you know, I've had a couple of, um, you know, telehealth, you know, consultations through this time. And so it's very exciting, this rapid acceleration of uh, adoption of technology. And I think it's really going to spark a lot of innovation and and change going forward in what we do. Hmm. Yeah, it's it's a good segue into... Just in general, I'm curious of what you see, particularly, you know, you're a content studio within a media company. 
how do you see media company content studios, not just you know, not just NBC News's content studio, how do you see them evolving in general, specifically around news functions? Well, you hit the nail on the head when you said that, you know, audiences now, you know, they're savvy enough that they don't, they, they won't accept just being advertised to. But the flip side of that is that they will engage with good content. Um, and so, you know, we, we, I had a meeting internally one time and we were talking about uh, the different platforms that NBC uses. And, you know, one of the ones that we don't use quite as many in the news brand studio is YouTube, mm-hmm. but other are my, my, my counterparts and other teams do. And one, a couple of them who were parents said, Oh, my kids will watch a 30 minute video of how to assemble a Lego thing that's sponsored by Lego, like, cause they want to build that Lego. Yep. And so we're right. We're, we're becoming a, you know, as new media consumers are born and raised, they're used to the mix of, pure entertainment, pure, pure content, I'd love to say, for lack of a better word, and branded content. And they don't care if, it, if it's branded content as long as it fulfills whatever need they want. And I think that um, we're going to have to evolve, you know, as a as a industry to make sure that we are not advertising. And that's one of the hardest things that one of the, one of the most challenging things with clients who've never done branded content before or, or you know, in, inexperienced with the process is, you know, as as Jonah Weintraub, the uh, our executive producer and video says, people always want to add more cowbell, and the mm-hmm. cowbell being their brand, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like it's really not necessary, nor is it beneficial um, well, to, I wanna, to do so. I want to. So, oh, sorry, Mike. Go ahead. Sorry. No, yeah, no. <laughs> That's all I was going to say. Is I think we're going to have to get better across the board as storytellers to really be telling amazing stories and, and working with clients to not be advertisers. Well, I'm curious, right? So that's where I want to go. How do you coach partners and these paying clients to manage being too overt? Because I've been there too, right? And it, it's, it's, it's funny because it's almost like sometimes on the brand side or the agency side, it's almost like they, they check their like, personal consumption habits at the door, right? Like they, they, right. they can't help exactly. themselves from like another mention or the try to yes. try to insert yes. something that's, Hey, it's like Truman show. Hey, right. Like sparkly teeth, right. drink oval team, yeah. drink, drink. The, yeah. You know what I mean? And so I'm curious how you guys navigate that when you're starting to work with, with partners to, to manage the overness yeah. to kind of keep it so it, that it's value. It's not easy. And, you know, it's funny that you say that because I am a, I constantly encourage my team to keep their con- consumer hat on as their, you know, and we'll sit in a brainstorm, which I completely miss brainstorms now that we're all on <laughs> Zoom and it's, it's not the same. But, you know, somebody will be ripping on something and, you know, and I'll say, would you stop? Would you stop scrolling in your Facebook feed if you saw that? Like, mm-hmm. you know, and I think it's important that we do keep those hats on. And so I, I, I do encourage clients in those words, like, remember, rem- keep your consumer hat on and can think of how you scroll through a website. It's not easy. You know, there are some clients who trust us. And what's great about the business that we built at NBC brand studio, NBC news brand studio is that we have a ton of repeat business. And I think gaining trust is the key Mm-hmm. you know, to, 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 to jumping over that hurdle. 
but we do have clients that just you can give them every rationale and they can be nodding their head and agreeing with you that you know it's it's brands or consumers will appreciate brands that provide utility and they don't need the brand they'll listen to it all they'll smile and then their first round of feedback will be make our logo bigger mention us more <laughs> whatever and and you know there's only so far that I'm that right. I'll push because right. I don't want to don't want to ruin any relationships so we end up just giving them what they want and you know um it, it's always a little bit demoralizing on our end when you know we you know Again, Jonah, he's a font of quips that he's like the first cut's always the best. Yeah, you know, and then it's and then it's just, you know, a lot of times just watering it down, adding brands, getting more, you know, getting a lot of cooks into the kitchen. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's, it's hard. I mean, I, I, we run into that too, and I think part of it becomes, I, I think we're in one of those industries. It's like content creation, and I'm going to say food. Right. Everyone's a freaking expert. Right. Like you, 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 you've never cooked anything. Yeah, right. It's like, OK, you know, it, right. it, it's fun. Right. Who doesn't. And if you're a brand. Yeah. Right. And you work for, you know, a toilet paper or, you know, a feminine hygiene product. And all of a sudden you find yourself in the content creation. It's like you get to play yeah. director. You get to play producer. And my, my one yeah. of my business partners always says, you know, why is it that no one has ever like, you know what, let me get in there, Mr. Accountant or Miss Accountant, and let me, you know, yeah. let's, let, right. what if we did this on the debits and credits? Like, you know, right. but yeah. it, somehow in content, because people watch it, just like they eat food, it seems like everyone's an expert on, in their own minds on content, which it's, it's a challenge, right? Because yeah. you've got that human relationship yeah. where you don't want to piss someone off, but on the other side, it's totally. like, let us do our job. Let This is what we're here for. Well, you you mentioned something a second ago about, and I think it's true. I, I find personally that when we deal directly with an, with a client and talk to their CMO or, to, or whoever yeah. is in charge of whatever, you know, they, first of all, they're so excited about the stories we're proposing and what we want to tell. And they really, they're excited because it's their brand. Yeah. Um, and they, they, they honestly tend to trust us more. And you mentioned something about agencies checking boxes and doing things. And I do think, and you know, not to disparage any of my colleagues and friends at agencies, but I think there's a lot of pressure sometimes to make sure that we have the logo on every yeah. page, you know, a checklist that they're going down and they don't feel in empowered to necessarily change that. So, you know, so that's always challenging too. And, you know, I always encourage when we're doing brand, brand content programs to have calls with the agency and the client rather than, you know, and some agencies just want to be the conduit. But I think sometimes we can solve those problems if we're all on the phone together, or all in a meeting together, and they, you know, everybody hears their recommendation at once and the, the client says, yeah, that makes sense. Then the agency feels more empowered to loosen that that guideline. Yeah, I mean, you you guys have an example, and I may was it Cheerios that you did with the with the um, the legendary band, the school band. Yes, leader, yeah, right. Yeah, like, I, that's yeah. a perfect example. It's a really um, it's a really uplifting, inspiring story, right? About a uh, you know a, a retired band leader who came back. From retirement, because the school needed them, and he basically turned the band around, and at the same time improved students' performance and grades and everything. And it's an awesome story, and you guys did a great job with it. It's really uplifting, and it's you know it's presented by Cheerios, 
and Cheerios, like, yeah. I associate it with it, and it's great. But you didn't have the you didn't have this gentleman no. eating Cheerios, right? Like no. cut two no. kids eating Cheerios, and there's no boxes, you know, awkwardly yeah. placed in the background. It's just like no. You know what? Consumer they, got it. Like you made me feel good, yeah. and I am associating that feel good with Cheerios, and like that's the magic, right? Like that is the that's it. That's exactly. the win. They wanted they wanted to celebrate uh, senior citizens because uh, they're one of their targets mm-hmm. is you know older people who can benefit from the tr- nutrition of, of Cheerios. Um, but yeah, other than an intro card and an and an end card, there was no mention of Cheerios. It was all about. We did a couple of them, and it yeah. was all about seniors, seniors doing good things, and it was just—it was amazing. I'm glad you. I, I appreciate you calling that out. That's a really no, it's a I'm good one. I use. I like using examples, and that one sticks out to me, right? It's like it's almost like when you start. You know, I don't know how it performed relative to some of the other ones, right? That if you can, you have that. And you oh, show it did the very well. Performance, right? It's like. Yeah. No. There it, you go. It was great. Yeah. <laughs> That's your trust yeah. us card. All right. So now the fun personal side. So Morning Musk is a guy who. Uh, has to stay on top of industry news as you are running a content studio at a household name brand content studio. Um, how do you do it? How do you stay on top of the industry news? Who do you let in your email inbox and who do you follow on social that we should know about? I um, I get the, the Ben's net, uh, Nudge newsletter, um, which I find really useful. We use Brandtail all the time. I think it's you know, invaluable. Um, I, I gotta tell you, I read trades. Um, I don't, I purposely don't let a lot of emails come through because I get so many from work. Um, so one thing, one, you know, yeah, I, um, I attend brand storytelling and elevate the, the brand, Mm -hmm. brand, brand content, um, conferences uh, in Park. Well, they used to be in Park City, but now they're virtual. Um, And I love meeting people and exchanging ideas and information and and building connections there. And they also have a great newsletter and um, and and push out a lot of content. Um, So, yeah, I'd say um, those are probably the the most for me. Ben's getting a lot of love on this podcast recently. I love it. Yeah, I think Ben is. I think he's really great. I think, you know, he puts together, I, I mean, I, I truly feel like I, I'm, I keep up to keep up with things from that newsletter. And I'm always sharing things that I read out of that to other people in the country mm-hmm. or company. So, so that's, yeah, those are probably, those are my biggest, I'd say. And I'm lucky because I work for NBC and we get an email every day with links to industry news, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, both about in that we get, you know, all the links to any any coverage about NBCU, but then the email also has just a huge list of links for industry news, and so I you know I read that every day as well. So anyone on social? Are you handle. are you uh, are you a big Twitter guy? I'm not. I know that's a that is pretty much a, you know sacrilegious in the world of branding content. Well, good for you I'm, for I'm, avoiding. I'm drugs. not on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I'm addicted to Apple News, and I follow a okay. ton on Apple News. But um, yeah, that's actually my number one Apple News. You know, uh, aside from you know reading the websites that I work for, um, yeah, I you know lunch break is always reading Apple News. I mean, truly, um, 
and uh, you know, in the evenings. Um, so yeah, that's cool. that's my dig. That's my habit. Is All right. Avenues. Well, let's go to evenings. I've got a, a weekly bit called Bedstand Bookstack. What's in your just read or now reading pile? Well, interestingly, so I'm not. You know, I go in spurts where someone will recommend a work-related book or an industry-related book, and I'll read. But because I read a lot of magazines and trades, I don't necessarily want books to, you mm-hmm. know, I read books as an escape. I'm actually working on a memoir now, so I'm reading. I literally am just looking at my list. I've, I'm, I've, I just read a book called Out East. It was a memoir of uh, a Montauk summer. Um, I'm currently reading The Chiffon Trenches, which is Andre Leon Talley's memoir. Mm. Um, next up for me is um, Mama's Boy, which is Dustin Lance Black's memoir. Um, and then um, I've got My 25 Years in Provence. These are all in my Kindle, ready to go. Nice. Um, uh, by, by Peter Mayle, who um, has written several books about living in, uh, being an American living in, in Provence. So, and then I did read... Um, in the New Yorker about a book that's considered, I guess, one of the, the most, you know, um, the wittiest books ever written. And I don't know anything about it, but I bought it. The posthumous memoirs of Bras Cubas by How Joaquin Maria that? Machado de Assis. How do you spell The posthumous that? memoirs, B-R-A-S, A with an accent, and then Cubas, C-U-B-A-S. And there was an there was an essay in the New Yorker about this book is you know decades old, huh. but it um, but it is you know they say it's just one of the wittiest books ever written, and I'm dying to read it. So that's my that's the first book I'm going to read that's not actual research for my own. Uh, I'm working on a book myself. It's not a memoir. It's a it's more of a biography. But I've been doing like you have. I kind of stacked up on books. So one I'm going to add to your stack. It sounds like you've got one, but. He, Mike Leonard of the Today Show, back in the day, he wrote yep. um, The Ride of Our Lives, which is memoir-ish, and it's it's it's, okay. uh, it's hilarious. It's about he basically uh, takes his his mom and dad and extended family, pops them in two RVs, and drives around the country. Highly recommend it. Oh? It's, a, it's just a fun. Oh, we'll add that for movie, sure. So. That sounds great. Yeah. Well. Mike Rucker, thank you for joining us. Mike Rucker, head of NBC News Content Studios. Um, really appreciate you taking the time out of your schedule to share some insights on how you're running one of the more notable content studios out there. Thanks so much. Well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Thanks for listening to Brand Story Inc. We'll be back next week with another conversation digging into the ways companies are becoming like media companies. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and give me a follow on Twitter at underscore Jay Sharman and on LinkedIn.